0: Uh, and you just got to be please just i'm telling you all i don't have to tell you y'all are so patient let me tell you i watch people i am intrigued by people i love people and and i'm of the opinion that god created them and most especially christians and i'm not talking i'm not the christian police i don't go around i'm not i'm not that I'm just intrigued that God lives in you and that means something. And it's more than just a little bit. It's more than just a little bit. And, and I don't know how that plays out in our lives. I just know the better we get a hold of that, the better we understand him, uh, the best thing for you to do is put your seatbelt on. Now, that's a fact. Because you... When you come to him in this manner, let's see, where's Chuck? There's Chuck. Now, he's been, he's been a policeman and I don't know, all kinds of, all of, the, all of the training, who is it exactly that told you to meet a stark contrast, confrontation when life is at stake the most what training do you have? And this is this is the position. That ain't the position for a cotton picking thing, no. is it? it? When I do this, what have I just done? Open myself up for think so? I'm vulnerable. You want to hate me, hate me. You want to kill me, kill me. You want to hit me, hit me. Or I love you. You turn over to Hebrews four right quick for just a second. I'll wait for you to get there. Hebrews chapter four, long about verse 12. I could go over there. And it's So hold your finger there in 4 and come back up here. I'm always alluding to this, or I try to. In chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, in the past, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, in the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times in various ways. I mean, he would do things and say things. He had Moses... Write stuff down, other prophets wrote stuff, I understand that. But God's not just speaking by words. He spoke through an entire system, the sacrificial system. He spoke, did he not? When the Jews crossed the Gulf of Aqaba, and that's a whole nother deal, but when they crossed the Red Sea right there, I'm convinced where they crossed it's 300 feet deep, it's about 2,000 feet deep on each side. Talk about that some other time. But when they crossed the Red Sea right there, was God doing any talking? Look at the Psalms. Read the Song of Moses. Is God talking? When God washes away the army of the most powerful nation on the planet, God's saying something. Now, he wrote that down so they could remember it and we could have it and learn from it and let us teach us, guide us, and give us unity and let's have hope and encouragement, Romans 15, 4 and 5. That's true But in what God's doing He's always talking And in Jesus God's never quiet He is not quiet If the only time God is talking to you Is when he says thou shalt Or thou shalt not You don't get it You're not hearing You're not listening Jesus said let him who has ears to hear Let him hear let him hear. Look at the cross. We hear. What are you hearing? What are we hearing? You see, at just the right time, we were still powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. Not the repentant, not the not through the, the Penitent, not the sorrowful, not the, not the acclaimed, not the successful, not the respected, not the honored. Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners... No, uh-huh. Uh-uh. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrated he wrote it down, verifiably, historically, wrote it down, wrote it down in historical, verifiable context, wrote it by, wrote it down through apostles and prophets that were inspired by the Holy Spirit. He wrote it down so you can go back and read it on every day that ends in Y. But when that happened in space-time history, God was talking. And even though it's already occurred, are you hearing what he's saying in that? that's just part of who Jesus is and what he did. Now, I'll grant you, that is the redemptive part, because without his death on the cross, it doesn't matter what he said or did or anything else, because his death on the cross was the price paid. Now, without the resurrection, you don't know a thing in the world about the the. Efficacy of his death on a cross. You don't know anything about the power of the blood without the resurrection. The resurrection is proof that the cross was satisfactory. Resurrection is proof of everything, the very deity of Jesus. So anytime I'm up here, I'm not interested in a bunch of lessons that get us, I'm not interested in a bunch of that. I don't care about a bunch of that. And I don't mean to offend anybody, and I don't mean any disrespect. There are people going to hell that don't want to on a daily basis. And I'm not the least bit interested in playing religion. I'm not. I'm interested in sharing anything and and seeing and learning. I don't know everything. Everything I know will cost you nothing, but I don't know everything. I don't know everything, but I know God is talking to us in his son. Get back to the point here. But in these last days, think, of how, think how powerful that was to the Jewish nation. Their very, what is their identity? They are the people who have the very oracles of God Almighty. God Almighty did not reveal himself to the whole world. He did not write down, he did not write down written words of covenant to the whole world. He wrote that down, said what he said, and did what he did. And he gave it to the Jewish nation. That is their identity. And so the Hebrew writer being a Jew writes to Jews who have become Christians that the Jewish nationalists are trying to talk out of their Christianity in this letter. And he says, but in these last days, he has spoken and you cannot get around this in the original language. He has spoken, the emphatic Greek is, he has spoken he ain't got anything else to say. He is through talking. He has spoken to us by his mind says Literally it's in The English word is in The Greek word is pronounced in Epsilon nu I in Either way you spell it It's in He has spoken to us In his son That's why we're reading The first 18 verses Of the gospel of John I just wish we'd read it Till we knew it word for word That's all as soon as you know it, word for word, comma, comma, then quit reading it and just start saying it all the time. And just let it soak in. Because we, we just want there to be, there's not anything else. There is nothing else. There is no one else. This is it. How am I going to reach people? There he is. Here he is. As Isaiah said, behold your God. Who is like him? You don't know anybody like him. You don't know anybody like Jesus. And this, this, if we are willing to hear the text tell us of him, are you? See, what is this position? Give me, give me a. A biblical word for this position that starts with W-I-L-L-I-N-G. willing. Okay. That's it. Yes, ma'am. Some people are just in tune. And you, my son Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. With a willing mind. Mark it down Solomon He judges He weighs the thoughts and attitudes Of the heart If you seek him Good news He'll be found by you If you forsake him He'll reject you forever I'm going to come Jesus like this You're never going to know who Jesus is Doesn't work that way. He is God Almighty in the flesh. There ain't but one way to approach him, brothers and sisters, and that is like this. That is willing and vulnerable. I'm not fussing anybody, I'm pleading with everybody. If you haven't been, you're gonna have to approach him like this. No you're not, show me the text. Show me the text where arrogance, pride, human effort, intellect, intelligence, social superiority. We're talking about the creator of the universe, brothers and sisters, in the flesh. Whatever we think of him, He is more awesome. He is more powerful. He is more beautiful. He is more winsome. He is more concerned than we could ever give him credit for. He is amazing. He is amazing. And we get to sing songs to him? Uh Uh-huh. Hebrews 4, 12. The Word of God is living and active. The Word of God that tells us in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and He was with God in the beginning. In Him was life and that life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness overcame it not, comprehended it not, could lay claim to it not. Whatever you want to do with Katalambano, and that's just the first person, present active, indicative, lexical form of it. Darkness, darkness don't think this stuff up. Darkness don't whip this stuff. The stuff about Jesus, darkness can't whip that. Darkness can't overcome it. Darkness can't stop it. Darkness can't understand it either. Huh. And no, we got to get it from him. The word of God's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates to dividing soul and spirit and joint and marrow. It judges. It discerns the thoughts and the attitudes of Chuck's heart. I love you, brother, and you know it. So I'm just picking at you. That means I'm trying to get everybody's attention. When, when will we put our name in there? The God-ordained, outlined, distinctively just-mentioned purpose of this book is to touch me deep within places I can't even get by myself. I don't know how you feel sometimes. And the truth of the matter is you don't either. You can't explain it. In the last in the last hour and a half and two hours, I have gone from I don't think my feet are gonna touch the ground. God bless my wife's heart. That's her job, hold the cat string. And I'm talking about redemption, I'm talking about the devil hunting whole. hole, I'm talking about Jesus getting right in the middle of people's lives and saving their souls and just blowing their mind. And then things that are silly to some people but just personal to me that, you know, my wife was crying, I was about to. Jesus in the middle of all that. He's bigger than all that. And then here's the thing we skip. We get, is the word of God that for you? What, what does this mean? Sharper than any two edged sword, it penetrates. Does the word of God penetrate to you when he's talking about Jesus? Is this penetrating? Is this penetrating? The world around us lives, serves, and even worships abject darkness. No. And I'm glad some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I thought this afternoon about sitting in a, in a hotel in Abilene, Texas, and there's a good many of y'all wouldn't have wanted to be in there. My wife would have been scared to death, absolutely, to be sitting in there. Any of y'all that carry, you'd have been carrying in there, I promise you. I'm sitting in that hotel room and there's drug deals going on in every room around there. And my brother-in-law, bless his heart's in there, trying to figure out what on earth's going on. And I'm talking to two crackheads and I'm bouncing their baby. It's who knows whatever but I've been bouncing babies since I was nine years old and all of a sudden he went from, from screaming and you got a scared little mama and a scared daddy and, don't, and I'm telling them about Jesus bouncing that baby and the Holy Spirit helping me and that baby's quieting down and they're listening about Jesus let me tell you about Jesus getting right in the middle of where people are Don't get Jesus and religion all confused. They ain't the same. Don't get Jesus mixed up with worship. Jesus is not worship. Jesus is God Almighty in the flesh. He is the Lamb of God. He is the High Priest of God. And he is one when the devil shows up and he speaks and Jesus does anything and the devil is done. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Get ready for him to do that right in the middle of your business and in the middle of mine. I've known that for 30 years. I don't, he, I don't even think he's getting started. I think he's just getting started is what I think. This is real. And this is. this is not emotion. And this is not, this is the book, brothers and sisters. If we're, if we're, can we hear this? There's not somebody else like him. There's not somebody after him. He is it. And there is something here that what on earth, what on earth am I doing putting myself in a physical hazard position? And I've been in places, I've been in places and in the middle of things that make that look like a Sunday school picnic. And I don't care. Because the devil's been in that hotel room long enough. The devil's been running the lives of those two people long enough. And I'm sorry to say I don't even know what has become of Jim. And I can't remember the little girl's name. Bless her heart. I'm not sitting there, in my arms. Well, I hope y'all know cocaine is wrong and crack is really wrong. You're gonna have to. The devil runs their world. It's all they've ever known. They're trying to survive. They're clinging on to each other. Is all they. they don't know. Come here from Sikkim. But there's some bald headed redneck that just keeps loving us and what on earth? Baptized them into Jesus a few weeks after that. Loved them as much as I could, as long as I could. Tried to disciple them. I don't know. I just did what I could where I was. But are we willing? The more you get to moan me, the more you'll understand. If you think any of that is to elevate me, I don't know what to do with me. My wife is sick on any given day of putting up with me. And I'm sorry, on some level, y'all got to deal with me. But here it is. I'm not bragging on me. This is not about me. I don't care about me. I'm telling you, it's amazing to me that I went from not caring and being some supportive element of all the darkness that I've ever seen and and being entrenched in that because I didn't know what to do and how to get out of it. And then, you know, very simply what happened, I met a guy, you know, his name is. Jesus. You know who he is? The Son of God. You know what the Lord God Almighty is doing? Speaking through him. I got to a point in life where I didn't care and I said, okay, here it comes. Everything is uncovered. How I started with all this, that's verse 13. Everything is uncovered and laid bare. You medical people will like to know the term he uses is trachea. When you're facing a sharp, two-edged sword, what's all this? Expose the trachea business. That's where it is. I'm not sorry, that's just where it is. Everything is uncovered and laid bare. It It is laid out there. before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. We're all laid bare before God. Now, if you don't realize that, that'll end real badly for you on the day of judgment. If you realize that and you decide, you know what? I'm just going to read the word and let it give me whatever it is God's trying to give me and and do with me whatever it is God's trying to do with me. Put your seatbelt on. Don't pray for sinners. I wish all the sinners, we just need all the sinners in town to get in line. No. I'm trying to think of different ways to make this probably that you haven't heard it. No, no, and no. Our our effort and our concentration has to be here. That's not the end of it. That's the start of it. And if I'm unwilling to, we got to pray for this, brothers and sisters. God, help us as your children to to hear your word about Jesus and just let it do whatever it needs to do in our lives. You think Jesus is the kind of old boy that'll come up and see some people that are playing church sit down and start whooping out a, uh, uh, making a whip out of cords? We just read that in chapter 2. You think he's the kind of old boy that'll go to a wedding and, it, and it's hopeless and it's going to end bad and everybody's discouraged and even with the best intentions that somebody forgot or somebody was inadequate or something messed up and the people have run out of wine and the whole thing that was supposed to bring hope and encouragement is going right down the drain. And Jesus said, fill those jars with water take some out, give it to the master of the banquet on a dime. He thus revealed his glory and his disciples, those who are willing to do this, his disciples. Now, where to he get these folks? John always calls apostles disciples, by the way. I guess maybe so apostles won't forget their disciples first. Do y'all know all apostles are disciples all the eyewitness apostles were disciples, but just not all the disciples were apostles. Y'all savvy? I see a lot of shaking. And John said, let's go with the disciple part, right? That keeps him humble, doesn't it? That sure keeps me humble because he's the disciple Jesus loved. Now, you get a load of that. What if that was your name tag? Here's my... The disciple, I mean, how would you keep from going, Lisa, how are you this evening? <laughs> you got to quit showing it. To people, John, are we at It's like the humility badge. Well, we're going to take it away from you. Keep wearing it. Those disciples. Come over with me to John Which is where we still are I just said all that as an introduction <laughs> Y'all get the idea When I'm reading this book and talking about it I'm looking for somebody Because I am I'm not trying to get through a Bible class I'm not trying to do a lesson I'm not hiding behind a cotton picking thing I am being vulnerable And open And that it, I have had to learn To do that but it just started with Lord help. And as I've grown to figure out who God is, I try to be vulnerable. These disciples, now you know rabbis, you don't, you don't, you don't walk up and somebody goes, hello, I'm a rabbi. And you're like, oh my goodness, I never knew. You see a rabbi two miles away. He dressed like everybody else. He don't look like everybody else. He don't walk like everybody else. He sure don't talk like everybody else. And the disciples that are following him don't look like any of these people Jesus just called. Mm-mm. They looking like they somebody. You know how people are. No, they're dressed. Well, this, this is like putting in an application to a university to get to be a rabbi's disciple. You you submit yourself for that, and, and they pick and choose who they're going to allow to follow in behind them and get credit for following him. And that ain't what Jesus did at all. And the people following him right now that he's calling, these guys right here, we know they're going to be apostles. We've read the book. And they're not wearing three-piece suits. All the other guys are. I'm putting that in our vernacular. Disciples are wearing three-piece suits, why? Well, I want you to know, well, nothing personal. I'm just better than you. Because he's my rabbi and he's not yours. So again, we have the separation of classes. I'm a disciple, you're a nobody. I have a rabbi, well, you got nothing, okay. She said, man, what a sad thing when you when these guys are turning them into twice as much the son of hell as they are. All in the name of God Almighty. So don't think people couldn't today sit in church buildings and play games. I'm not doing that. I don't believe you guys are doing that. And that's what I'm trying to capitalize on. You folks are humble and and... And patient and willing to see Jesus as he is. To take him as he is. To participate in who he is. Be excited if he excites you. Be sad if he cuts you to the heart. If He just comes in the middle of your day and cleanses your temple, don't worry about it. Well, I'm trying to act like joy. He just ripped you to shreds. Just feel it. Just feel it. He just thrilled my soul. Share it. Revel in it. This has got to happen. It's not just this for the stuff that's hard and painful. It's not just this when he's got to cleanse the temple of my mind and my soul. Do y'all catch the temple talk? Remember when he cleansed the temple? These people doing all this, isn't this nice? Y'all can just come from a long way. You don't have to bring your lamb. We got one here and that's going to cost you a whole lot. And we're going to make a lot of money from it when we exchange all the rates and do she said, if you think I'm interested in this mess, let me show you about that. Let me show you about playing church. Let me show you about playing God's covenant related children. Let me show you about playing the priesthood. Israel was supposed to be, to be for me, a kingdom of priests. They were supposed to be a nation of priests. I know they had the Levitical priests. I understand all that, but read Exodus 19, 4 and 5. No, you as a nation, you're gonna offer sacrifice and teach people. And we are a royal priesthood? What are we offering? Is it any good? Doesn't come from us. He gives us the right. He gives us what to offer. And if we're open to him, Teaching us and encourage, see some people, they just will not let Jesus encourage them. I don't mind him telling me what to do and ripping me to shreds, but he is not going to make me smile. Really? He's just bigger than that. And We don't have to smile all the time, but... I mean, can we just read the book and sometimes we're just like, "Are you kidding me? He beats all." What on earth did these guys think? This this is the Messiah. This is the guy they've been looking for. What on earth is Philip thinking? What on earth is Andrew thinking? What is Peter thinking? How's their business been going? How's their marriage been going? How's their life been going? What do you bet? It sounds just like God that some of these guys were at a real low point. And Jesus gets over there in their attention area and says, Come on. Come on. He's going to call a tax collector. He'd be better off to be a pagan. He's a Jew that's a traitor. There is not another rabbi ever that has a tax collector wearing a three-piece suit following around. Mm. This This is not your normal deal. And so our lives are not gonna be the normal deal. I'm praying for two things. For me to keep doing this before the word of God, to keep allowing him to do whatever it is he needs and wants me to do to allow him to keep teaching and showing me whatever it is. Some days that's awesome and some days that is a blast and some days it's hard to take and sort of breaks my heart. But that's in a good way, isn't it? If Jesus breaks my heart, does my heart need to be broken? If he cuts me to the core, do I need to be cut to the core or he's just slashing people? If he cuts me to the core, I need to be cut to the core. I'm not afraid of him. That's why I'm praying for this. Because this is the only thing that's going to help me help you. The minute I get like this with him, I'm missing the boat on part of my life's ambition and part of why I am here. And that's to equip members of the body for service to him. And I can't quit doing this. And the minute I quit doing this, I'm going I'm to be condemning and judgmental of a world that lives by its own choice under the absolute power of darkness. And I'm not interested in doing that and not ever getting any light. I'm not interested in people serving the devil not knowing who Jesus is. I'm not interested in sinners stopping their sin because it irritates me and scares me. I'm interested in them being transformed from the dominion of darkness and being transferred into the kingdom of the son that he loves, the kingdom of light. I'm interested in, in light reigning and ruling in their lives in a way that they can't believe it. And, and they try to tell their friends about it and they just stammer and stutter and, and they're just excited to be out of darkness. <coughs> it's coming. By grace of God, I'm going to quit just a little bit early tonight. I'm trying. Because I feel like that's part of this. We're fixing to see over in John four and I shoot. I changed what I was gonna say tonight about fourteen times and part of that's cause who part of who was gonna be here and they didn't get to be here tonight. I gotta get my hand away from my mouth, so y'all understand me. I made a friend the other day. I'm praying y'all gonna get a chance to love her. I really am. Deborah and I made a friend. We made a friend together. Just interested in people. She's interested in somebody loving her. I told her, guess what? We just love you. Well, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I've been trying to find a church or thinking about a church or something about a church. Sometimes I said, darn, I'm not interested in something about church. I'm just trying to tell you I love you. And my wife loves you. I'd like for you to come to church. You want to? I might just do that. Oh, well, okay. But, you know, that's hard to do. I pray y'all get to meet her. Really do. I told her, I said, I'm supposed to be gone two weeks. I wrote the church times down, you know, church times. I wrote the worship and study times down. Were you going to be gone tomorrow? No, I ain't going to be gone. Okay. I'm off on Wednesday. And then they called her to work while going she had to go work. Well, but people there probably judge me, don't you think? She already let slip a couple of times. The way darkness is Working in her life. And she used the word darkness. I didn't. I thought that's interesting. I said, honey, I don't care. I just love you. And I said, anybody at church that judges you, I'll just beat them up. How's that? (laughs) I say that grinning, and now I want you to hear the seriousness of that. I don't know I can't tell you but I got this sneaking suspicion because I've been serving the Lord 30 years on purpose and I've seen him do some things and I'm praying that we have some opportunity to do this can't we love some people before we fix them Matter of fact, just keep your mouth shut about fixing them. You couldn't fix a sandwich, much less anybody that shows up in here. You can't. Quit trying to fix your husband, your wife, your dog. Quit trying to fix it. We might fix your dog. You can't fix people. You can't fix yourself. All you can do is this before the one who fixes things. And if we're unwilling to love people like this, People are going to come in here looking for Jesus. They might take your money. They might take your time. I guarantee you they're going to break your heart. They're going to lie to you. It's Sooner or later, they are too. Been doing this too long. It happens over and over and over and over. And we're just going to keep on loving them, ain't we? Because we're going to look here and go, good land. Are you kidding me? He loves me. What's this, Jesus? What's my job? Love them. Just love them until they become disciples. And then, when they become disciples, we'll baptize them into Jesus. And then we'll teach them everything He commanded them, but they'll be in love with Him. They'll love us, but we'll represent Him to them. This is what's going to happen. It's going to get messy, and it's going to cost everybody in here something. I don't care. Do you care? I don't know. What, what's it going to cost me? Is it cost me a bunch. What's it going to cost me? I Man, I don't know. Brother, I don't know. My hands sweat a little bit. No, I'm not kidding you. I'm not playing. And the same thing goes because we're fixing to start loving each other because when we do this, you can hide and watch it happen. We're going to love each other. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to support each other. We're going to... Correct, rebuke, and exhort with great patience and careful instruction. We're going to do it all. But we're going to do it loving him, trusting him, and he's going to show us the way. It's not going to be like anything. That's not true. I can't say that. It's not going to be like how you suspect it might going to be. This is going to be different. I promise you that. And I'll use this term a lot. I'm just asking us right now. Put your seatbelt on. Because when he starts being our dynamic, when he starts being our platform, when he is our energy, when he is our consolation, when I'm talking about Jesus Christ himself, when he is our motivation, we're going to go farther, faster than humans cannot comprehend it. Here's my sincere request. I'm fixing to go for two weeks. I'm kind of getting pretty excited about that right now, if you can't tell. I'm fixing to go to camp for two weeks. This don't have anything to do with camp. What this is gonna be is this is two weeks. I would to God, some of y'all start praying about I wish somebody'd go with me. I really do. I really do. Because when I get to camp and these kids come in here and a bunch of these kids ain't got no, they're unchurched. And here comes darkness. And they're going to be right in the middle of self-mutilation, homosexuality of various kinds and sizes. You don't want to know what's going on these days. Drugs, alcohol, sex, rock and roll, the whole mess. Jesus is going to shine a light right in the middle of that. Now, this is like any of the other 17 years. Some of these kids are never, ever, they're going to leave that mountain after two weeks, and they are never, ever, ever going to be the same again. They won't treat their dog the same. They won't treat their girlfriend the same. They won't think about their parents, regardless of what they've done to them in the past, the same. They won't think about the church the same. They're not going to think anything the same about Bible study. Mm -mm. worship, I've watched those kids become addicted to worship. I've watched people personally become addicted to just about every kind of major narcotic you can list. And it's unsettling. You know what's unsettling about it? They ain't in control. I've watched people become addicted to Jesus, his word, and his people. You know what's exciting about it? They ain't in control. They're liable to love anybody. They're liable to help anybody. They're liable to quit anything. They're liable to change the direction of their path, and it's just awesome. I think I'd like it. I think I'd like to ask you for me to survive. Number one because I've kind of gotten out of shape three I worked myself to death before we got here, and then I've eaten fast food and not worked myself to death for three weeks here, so I got to get over that. I don't want to have a heart attack and die unless it brings glory to God. So if, just whatever glorifies God. Why don't y'all, let me just sum that up. Why don't y'all just ask God to glorify his name in the two weeks while I'm gone? I hate more than a little bit not to be here. At present, I don't have the ability to be two places at one time. I will be here in spirit. I will. I love you guys already. That's how easy I am. When you love the Lord and and you just pour out yourselves, you guys have poured out your lives for me and Deborah. In three weeks, you've done that. No, you have too. How does that feel? How is that? What does it feel like to be a living sacrifice for God Almighty? Because that's what that is. We'll get to Romans 12. We'll get there. I just want you to know you're already doing it. Let's pray almighty god and father in heaven we love you father for who you are you beat all we've ever seen we we don't know anybody like you you're so awesome and powerful beautiful majestic and holy you are so righteous you are so full of compassion and mercy Penetrate our hearts and change our lives and, and win us, Father, over and over and over. And you do that, Father, showing your kindness and your goodness. And we want some of that. We want to understand that. We want to see that. We want to care about how Jesus picks disciples. We want to care about what he does when, when people are worn smooth out and worried to death and things are fishing go downhill, and he just does one little thing, changes everything. We want to see and we want to know and we want to learn from someone who goes to a well in the middle of the day and talks to a lady that they don't anybody even want to look at, much less talk to. And in one conversation, Father, in what couldn't have been more than a few minutes, her worldview, her heart, her attitude toward life, death, religious people, God Almighty, and everything, every blessing of privilege she'd ever had in any regard to know anything about you, all of that changed on a dime. but she had a, because she she had, Father, a conversation. She was willing to have a conversation with the one through whom you speak, your son. Father, we want to know him, and we want to be like him, and we want to follow him. And there's nobody in here wearing a three-piece suit tonight trying to get credit for who we follow. We're just seeking Him. We just want to know Him. We just want to reflect Him. I'm just asking you, God, please, please be with us. Be with us. And help us to love and care and serve in a way that glorifies you. Help us to, to to believe and to expect, Father, that the truth of your word, it doesn't lead us to ourself, it doesn't leave us to ourself, that it shines light. I don't care how long we've been a Christian, I don't care how, I don't care, we got the whole Bible memorized. The word, the word of truth shines the light of Jesus Christ into us, Father, in practical, helpful, powerful ways. And we want that and we need that and people desperately. Father, they're longing for that and they don't know what it is. They just feel empty. They just feel void. They just feel like darkness has marked and controlled them. Be with us, Father. Bless our study. Bless our efforts to love and encourage. Bless the knowledge we have of you, Father, and Jesus, your Son. You bless it. You bless it in in the way, any little way, in every single way that glorifies you for being God Almighty who keeps his promises. It's in the precious name of Jesus. The one who died for the ungodly the one who lives by the power of an indestructible life to always intercede for your children. It's through him and by his precious and holy name, Father, that we pray these things now. Amen. Peace.